0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona.
1: I spilled my cupcake.
0: Oh no, the show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Maybe he's getting some towels for that cupcake. Cupcake. But running right the
2: boards is Joey D's. I don't have a cupcake. Aww, I can't even spill mine.
0: Well, on today's show, Joey will be talking about the foundation. That's a cupcake. Oh, it's a roller coaster.
2: That's for darn sure. It might have frosting.
0: We will be talking with Gareth von Kallenbach, who's got some interesting uh, video game news, including Blizzard, Call of Duty, and Back for Blood. And of course, we got the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us?
1: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. com Can have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or. Just search BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey. App. Yeah,
0: so many ways to get a hold of us, so many ways to listen to us. So I just hope you use one of those. And uh, if that way has a way to review us, give us a five star or a thumbs up or I don't know, gold stars. I don't know how those things work sprinkles anymore. Sprinkles on top. Yeah, give us some sprinkles on that cupcake yeah. of podcasting. Yes. Cupcake of podcasting? I don't know. Anyway, let's get right in with our good friend, Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. We've got lots of video game news, like I mentioned. So uh, here he is. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is sknr.net. And, Gareth, there seems to be a lot of um, issues and non-doing things over on in the Blizzard campus. We've talked about some of the stuff going on recently, but now it looks like this is now affecting their games.
3: It is, and that was kind of expected. You had, you know, essentially a trickle-down effect as these things tend to happen. And first off, it came out a few days back that BlizzCon not going to be holding BlizzCon in February. Now, traditionally, BlizzCon is down at a later time of the year, right about now. And when they had switched to the online format, Uh, There were a lot of questions about would they try to do one in February and then try to resume live events in November. Uh, Everything we had heard was obviously they were full ahead with doing the planned online event in February. Now, right there, that kind of brought some question into play because in California, live Mm -hmm. events are returning. I mean, yes, they have Uh, various protocols, but as we have discussed, in a few weeks, Comic-Con Special Edition is going to be happening. And yes, it is not the volume that they would get for the main show in July. And yes, there are things like vaccine mandates and masks and a lot of CDC protocols. The fact is, live conventions have been allowed to happen, and there are a lot of people going, well, gee, if that was going to happen in November, why wouldn't they have... And an option for a live event in February, when in theory things will be better. And you could, you know, make the argument maybe they didn't have enough time and so on, but you know, people wonder. Mm-hmm. So they they go and they announce BlizzCon online's not gonna happen. And a lot of people immediately look to the trouble that they were in and said, okay. Um, you know, it sounds to me like they just don't want to have to meet the, the the comment people kept saying to me was they don't want to answer questions from the press. And my thought was right. But when you're doing an online event, it's not like being at BlizzCon where, uh, you know, the reporters can be in, in uh, media like that with people or they can pass various members mm-hmm. in the halls. Um, it seems to me like an online event is a very easy way to control the information.
0: Yeah, or even and just like neck. the commentary and stuff like that as well, just in the simple fact of you can uh, just say that you're asking, you you know, you we got all these questions that came up beforehand and literally not address any of the ones that you don't want to have addressed. You don't need actual reporters there, you know, as you know, as iffy as that may or may not be, um, but just to have them, like you just said, control the narrative and not even have to deal with that. But the fact that they're not doing any of that is, eh, yeah.
3: It's <laughs> Oh, the last one. It was all pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. There were no question and answer streams. I mean, it was all basically, here it is, and here comes your press releases with your little photos and video clips and everything from that. And sure, if you had questions, you could submit them. doesn't mean it's going to get past the gatekeeper. And there you have it. Now, of course, you would have people saying, oh, you know, I asked this question, it didn't get answered. But, you know, that that's common. You and I know that totally. after a major show, it's very common for a lot of companies just to throttle back and say, you know, we're in recovery mode, people are taking time off. And my first thought was, I said, okay, obviously, I don't think these games, nothing's going to come out, because you're not going to miss an opportunity to heavily promote your upcoming releases, when in theory, the next opportunity of note would be e 3 if it's a lot, you know, they're, they're saying the live show is going to resume next June. But you have to see what's going on. And traditionally, that's not something they often take part in because they do their own thing. And then lo and behold, look what happened. There was the trickle down theory from it. Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are not going to be coming out next year. Uh, supposedly, the official comment was they are being delayed for extra time. And again, the, you know, negative people are coming out saying, right, it's because they don't want the uh, problems right now of how do we deal with this negative image we have while we're rolling out two games? And is it going to lead to questions? And how do we promote them? And blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, then you had the co-leadership. individual step down after only three months on the job and she's going off to something else, but very suspiciously, at least in the releases said, I'm not sure what my next step is.
0: Yeah, and, and that just so, means getting getting the heck out of I mean, obviously we know of how toxic of a work environment it was before, and I think at this point in time either uh non-recoverable in terms of like maybe a person being able to change anything or just the simple fact that maybe it was she was just a figurehead type person.
1: And
3: that's what's so difficult to figure out because You can play these things so many different ways and say maybe they just wanted out. Maybe they were a figurehead. Maybe they didn't like the way things were going or Mm -hmm. things didn't happen fast enough. Or maybe they simply said, you know what, the holidays are coming up. This is my time to get out, take a few months to just clear my head, get everything situated. Um, While I may not have any solid plans, you would think that they at least have enough offers or inklings As to what their next step would be. And maybe it's simply that I'm going to take some time off for myself. I'm going to, uh, you know, weigh my offers and then come back at it fresh in the new year.
0: Yeah, and we'll have to see where this goes, if we get any further developments in Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4, and I have to think even at that point in time, it might just be something like uh, they've been doing a big overhaul on a lot of World of Warcraft stuff, things that now seem to be problematic that maybe they didn't think were before, or they always have been, but they were just able to fly under the radar. I wonder how many of the things that they have to kind of take a look at, and they've realized that uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that maybe they have to rewrite quests, maybe they have have to redo cut scenes maybe they have just to you know rename characters like they had to do with the original overwatch so i think maybe going over that with a fine tooth comb they just don't have any idea what's going to go on with that and you know that might be for the better but that just means we're not going to be getting the games for quite a while
3: exactly
0: moving on from that there's a big release today in the call of duty world we got vanguard
3: absolutely so back to world war Two. <laughs> back to uh you know Weapons that may not quite have the range or accuracy (laughs) that some of the newer ones do, (laughs) and uh, definitely some of them with some longer loading times, that's for sure. Yeah. But what is interesting, though, is you're going to be getting some really um, unusual mixes, like, for example... You're going to be getting your standard Call of Duty with the campaign. You're going to be getting all the multiplayer maps, the multiplayer modes. Eventually, the Vanguard content is uh, quickly going to swing over to um, Warzone. But this one is shipping with a zombie mode. Oh. And you know traditionally, the zombie mode tends to be only with the Treyarch games. And that the others have had to have various multiplay modes. People might remember Call of Duty World War Two had those very large team-based modes where you had to essentially like put up a barricade, take down a barricade, defend an area. You could go into the tanks, that sort of thing. It was more like a big group objective-based um, option. And they have said, nope, we're going to we're going to have a zombie mode right out the bat with this one. As usual, they are saying that the season updates that are coming are all going to be free. There'll be lots of new maps, new contents, modes all the way out through the year as they've done with the last uh, couple of releases. And, you know, as we talked about uh, Black Ops has continued to put out content. They just put out some Halloween content recently. So really nice to see that fresh stuff and is coming right up to the release of this one. And it'll be interesting to see what the reception is because traditionally you always get the naysayers of it's the same thing every year. I don't like this. We had people in some of the early, you know, play test, the graphics look dated. I don't like this. I don't like this new game mode. And it's like, you know, again, Wait till we see the final game. How many? Let, let's not forget Aliens, Colonial Marines. that looked absolutely fantastic at all the trade shows, in all the trailers. And then we got the game, and we're like, wow, this does not look at all like what we were shown. So uh, there's a reason this game is the top-selling game every single year mm-hmm. and the franchise. And, you know, let's be honest. I think it's a case of that people are looking forward to, to something new in the series. Um, we talked about the anti-cheat software. How is this going to play out? How is this going to affect the sports coming down the line? But first and foremost, people want to get their hands on it. And how does the multiplayer uh, work in this one? I, you know, I played the beta of it, and like most Call of Duties, there is an adjustment. People say it's the same thing every year. I don't find that to be the case because there are subtle differences in the weaponry in the way the response works, you know, there were some things like I found that this seems to me that it's moving slower than I was accustomed to. But then you remember World War Two weaponry <laughs> tends to load a little uh, differently. Uh, maybe it's a little heavier. So they they adjust this. And of course, that's why we have patches. They'll tweak this. This is too slow. This is too fast. This is not accurate enough. This is too accurate. You know, and I'm curious. Uh, it's funny because as I said, they've been putting out so much content for um, Cold War. I'm going, you know, you knew a Vanguard was coming. You knew Vanguard was coming. And I sat down on Sunday and it was like, oh, wow, it's out this Friday. I, you know, I thought it was still a couple more weeks. Me, like, me oh,
2: too.
3: Here we go.
0: <laughs> so it'll be exciting for people to get back onto that and obviously for some people to complain. But, I mean, when it comes down to a Call of Duty is Call of Duty. And if you want to play it, you're going to play it. Exactly, and finally, it seems like maybe now when you told me this, it sounds like Back for Blood is having some player issues because you told me that Left for Dead is actually getting more of a player base now.
3: That is what they are. What um, Valve had been reporting on Steam mm. is that uh, Back for Blood has more play- uh, is seeing less players than Left for Dead too. Now the you know part that i point out is you have to say this is only on steam oh this is not counting out your consoles this is not counting other platforms uh that the game may be released on pc and one of the ideas behind it actually makes somewhat sense the belief is that what back for blood has done with the people have gone in, they played it Many people have completed the campaigns and now they're taking on some of the other modes. It's fired up nostalgia for back for the original Left oh, 4 Dead games.
0: Okay, and
3: so yeah. what they're saying is that a lot of players, as including those who, let's be honest, might not have played Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2, they got a taste of what things are uh, being offered in Back for Blood, and they're saying, you know, I like this. I want to go back and I want to experience Left 4 Dead 2 again. And of course, this is creating that whole. Uh, buzz of, well, you know, like when that fan-approved mod came out for Left 4 Dead that included the new episode, perhaps this is going to light a fire under Valve and say, hey, you know, maybe it's time to revisit this franchise and put a Left 4 Dead 3 out there, and, you know, there are people like me going, I certainly wouldn't mind a Back for Blood 2 and a Left 4 Dead 3. I- I'm
0: concerned you know what? It's interesting on that point because I didn't even think that that would be the uh, the either the nostalgia factor or the fact that people hadn't played it before. I feel that that's also something along the lines when you get a new Borderlands game or any sort of stuff like that where people will want to go back and play those. So this actually does make sense in in a non-worrying sort of way.
3: Absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting you mentioned Borderlands because people forget when we finally got Borderlands 3, they released... A free DLC for Borderlands 2 that helped bridge the gap. Now, I don't mind saying it. I no longer had Borderlands 2 on the computer. I'd completed that in the DLCs years ago. And then all of a sudden they say, Hey, guess what? We're coming out with a new free DLC that is going to essentially bridge the gap between the games. I had to install Borderlands two again. Thankfully, my character and everything was right there and boom nice. back. Played the you know, played the DLC when it was done was able to erase it and then when I got into borderlands 3 while it wasn't absolutely necessary it did add some interesting context to it and made things and it was also nice to get that you know to get used to kind of the the world again and uh, you know that's where we are we're we're sitting there going I you know, are we gonna get any new content other than mission events and stuff? Who knows? But we have Tiny Tina's Wonderland coming early next, you know, next year. Yeah, so fingers yeah.
0: crossed. Exactly. Lots of fun stuff going on with that. I really do appreciate the insight on all of that because it was worrying. So thank you much, thank you very much, Gareth. Again, you can find Gareth at Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net or all over social media. You can hit up our Facebook page to find all the social as well. Thank you so much, Gareth.
3: Anytime. Take care.
0: Thank you, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. Now, going from the roller coaster that is video games to the roller coaster that is The Foundation, the TV show on Apple TV Plus that is uh, taken from Isaac Asimov's book of the same name. And um, depending on whom is watching it or whom has read the books, either it is a beautiful. Wonderful show or a Cluster F disaster? And Joe kind of goes back and forth on this. We've uh, listened to, I mean, BJ seems to be very, he he enjoys it. Uh, He doesn't remember the books, so I think that kind of might help a little bit on that. And I don't think you've read the books, right, Joe? I have not. Okay, so at this point, you're really kind of just taking it as it is. And if you've listened back to any of our podcasts, depending on whom they're talking about on the show or whom they're focusing on, um, either
2: you're like down for it or you're kind of like, Dang. that's exactly how I would describe it, Rev. <laughs> Where does the episode decide to focus on? Will it be on the Marin character we started off with or the main character that got introduced in episode two and or three? I should say. Which seemed on the
0: last one was kind of uh, back on to being the focus again. Hey, guess what, Rev? Is she
2: back? She's back, and it's another great episode. Oh, there you go. How about that? So Isn't you that really funny? do
0: like it when the, the character who wasn't the main character at the very beginning is the main character in the
2: episode. Yeah, and it's not even the warden's fault who is the character that I don't like in this show. Fair and enough. it's because, again, I think it had to do with editing, but this last episode, episode seven, Mysteries and Martyrs, Went focused back on uh, Harry Sullivan, or I believe it's Sullivan, and uh, the rest of the main characters that we kind of met at the first two episodes. And this mystery behind, you know, why does his math want to lead to the foundation ending as we yeah. watch the Emperor get challenged by the very spiritual, religious race that was predicted by Harry to cause one of the downfalls and everything. Oh. We get the um, the other main character, whose name is Eluding Me, who is supposed to be the, uh, the young prodigy. Uh, uh, astronomer, scientist, mm-hmm. mathematician, whoever you want to put it, awakens again to solve the mystery of where she's going and why Harry is a hologram, because he's supposed to be dead. But he's a hologram. But he's not dead. He's a hologram, because apparently we found out in this episode you can download your consciousness into another body. Oh, okay. So kind of like uh, some other thing. Altered like, carbon, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Altered carbon, yeah. But it's not you. It's a copy of you because it's you with all your memories up to the current up to that moment. Point. Yeah, yeah, but they can—they kind of allude that you might be able to wipe some of them if you want. You're not really sure. It looks like an exact copy. Well, and that's the
0: interesting point. Even with like altered carbon, it was like you have a save point up, like in a video game. It's a save
2: point, so you have to go back or you're not going to have any more memories up until that point where you've saved. Yep, and honestly, after this episode, I 100% understand what they were trying to do with this show now. They were trying to be Game of Thrones meets Altered Carbon, but the problem is if you remember watching Altered Carbon, they established the rules of their world very quickly. They did, yes. And they don't really do that in this show. You know, like I were just finding about this in episode 7, right? So yeah, you wouldn't yeah. really know like, where this, like, drama's coming from, you know? It wouldn't be a surprise, right, if you're like, oh, well, but now I get it, Harry's alive, because I found out in this episode, episode seven, that there are clones, you know, kind of a thing.
0: That's interesting just in the terms of, like seeing it in like a rewatchability factor because once you've realized that some sort of it's kind of like watching fight club and if you don't know the twist well whatever but finding out the twist and then going back to watch it just to see how the other
2: actors are or the the characters are dealing with this thing that you now know about yeah it oh man it just it just leaves you kind of sitting there being like i knew there were clones because we know the emperor were clones himself but yeah. you kind of assume he's the only one that can do that because money or whatever, you know, they hide the technology. Absolutely. Then you find out that there's a bunch of hidden technology, not just this. There's an entire planet-sized spaceship that's jumping randomly throughout the galaxy that they've hidden from everyone as well. Cool. Which is really <laughs> cool. Like, and get this, the character, the warden that I don't like, mm-hmm. who's been stranded on this planet her whole life, yeah. is the one that's going to the planet-jumping ship you know that she's never interacted with before, whatever for whatever reason. It doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. Main yeah. character syndrome, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering why we aren't leaving with this. Why? Why was this not where we went with with the show? Where we, there's no hidden idea about this insane technology. The one
0: thing that I can only think that they might be thinking is just that maybe, maybe they feel the viewer isn't going to be um, savvy enough to like get like an information dump when you're getting all of this information. It reminds me why they decided to turn the uh, humans into batteries in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be essentially just like a neural net and so that's how the computers would do all their computing would be these these humans are in there and they're able to use the electricity through the brains or whatever, you know stuff that I can't explain and then the normal person might not be able to grok so they
2: just go batteries, Duracell, easy, everyone can understand that sort of thing. And that's that subtlety that this show missed and I'm not sure if it's better in the books because it could be because sometimes in the books your mind suspends certain disbeliefs because you're kind of viewing it yourself right? And they have longer time to explain things. Yeah, whereas in this this One, you're kind of like, why is the character that's supposed to like kind of be a farmer and know nothing about technology really the one that's on the space station that's apparently a jumping planet that you know she's gonna have to work <laughs> with? This doesn't yeah. really add up, you know, yeah. it's just yeah. very odd, which might just be one of those things. But we found out one other thing. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's very exciting, Rev. It turns out. The uh, character who, again, I, I don't know why I can never remember her name. Well, I, I can tell you why, because she was out of the show for about half of it. Oh, no. Um, she now can ha- has an ability that I'm going to go with Future Sight as the name of. She can see the future, but only about a moment or two before it happens. That reminds me of that movie with Nick Cage. Yes, very much so. That 60-second one before the world was going to blow up and Nick had to figure out where the bombs were. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So this was kind of alluded to, right? And we kind of had this feeling that she was something special and it was more than just math. So now we know that she might have some inert ability, kind of like a mutant does, to see the future. Get this, though. Uh Uh-oh. That's probably the same ability that the warden has that I hated because it was her whole Mary Sue thing for the whole time, right? Yeah, And it made no sense because it didn't have any connection with anyone. It literally was just like they were trying to do two opposite storylines. Now you find that they're actually together, which obviously was going to be down the line what was going to happen. But you look at the way they tell the story and you're like, okay – I got a question for you guys. Why did we not just do that first storyline with Harry and the chick and whatever, and they go to like they just have that storyline, and then we go to the Warden storyline? Yeah, and it makes way more sense. There's this mystery. You find out what happened instead of having to wait literal entire episodes to go go back to these characters. That's funny. I, I just don't get it. I love it too because uh, I think I've said this almost every week.
0: Is just that. again, there's 10 episodes in this first season. I hope that the 10th episode ends in a satisfying kind of tie a bow on at least these storylines to move it forward sort of aspect of it. Because like, again, I just want to be like, Does it work as a full series, and would this be better had it been bingeable as
2: opposed to as they're doing it now with the weekly releases? 100% would have been better bingeable, that's for sure. I mean, I don't have any doubt about that. I do think that if you looked at the specific storylines just for scene for scene, not the way they're shot in the Game of Thrones sense, they'd probably also work better. Uh, I just... You know, it's one of those things, I don't know how they do it in you know Hollywood or anywhere else, where you have to come up with this idea of, okay, how do we keep people's attention? How do we get them coming back for more? Oh, yeah, totally. You know, and all that stuff. But I will say the storyline is really good. The Pharaoh storyline is incredible. It's a great way to look at how societies crumble and why they crumble kind of a thing. And the acting's, you know, fantastic and... The scenery, even the costumes. I mean, it's all very good. It's enough to, I mean, I just love it because you are frustrated a lot of the times yeah, watching yeah. it, but you're still going back to it. Yeah, it's more frustration. Like, I can tell you just looking at the story that, I mean, the book is probably great. Like, it doesn't, I mean, I can see exactly where they're going and how they weave it, right? It's just unfortunately, again, with the product that gets put in front of you sometimes, <laughs> it doesn't always translate as well. Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, at the end of it, am I going to tell you to probably watch it? Yeah, I mean, it's got enough money in it. You know, <laughs> you got a billion dollar budget or whatever the heck it was. I mean,
0: it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super expensive. I know it looks beautiful. I've seen some of the trailers and the stuff like that. It looks beautiful. So I feel that, yeah, I feel a lot of people are going to be down for it, especially if you're super into sci-fi stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would. I mean, I don't want to say I would recommend it. I would say if you can stand the slow slog, right, Mm -hmm. that some of those sci-fi adventures have, then you're going to enjoy it regardless. Try before you buy, sort of thing. Yeah, maybe.
0: maybe, uh, And it's on Apple TV Plus, so maybe get a trial.
2: It's free, like free-ish. Yeah, 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 to to an extent. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, now it's time to get away from the foundation and get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Hey, Vicky, it's Friday.
1: I think there's maybe a movie or two coming out. There actually is more than the one that you're probably thinking of, and oh, oh yeah, the problem with this is that this movie has been review bombed.
0: Oh, it's another one of those, no.
1: and it's a lot of to do. They're getting tr- uh, it's a lot of trolls that are not liking that there is a you know gay character, gay superhero. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of other stuff going on as well. So you're gonna have to take this rating with a great assault. Okay. As of right now, The Eternals, Marvel's most anticipated movie at the moment. Until, yeah, are this
0: year right now. Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah.
1: until Spider-Man, right? Truth. Um, Is at 52%. 52%.
2: Mm-hmm. Damn. Now, when you get review bombed, is that just uh, the people, not the critics? That, see, that they, was my question right?
1: about
0: that. Like, I don't think there is audience score yet, right?
1: Not yet. But everywhere I'm seeing, it's like, okay, I mean... I, I've seen some people who have gotten to see the screener early, and they're like, it's not the best movie out of all the Marvel movies by any means, but it's still a pretty awesome movie. So for it to get that low of a score makes me wonder if the people who were the critics kind of were swayed.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, because I, like, I even had to look right now. I had to pull it up, too, just to make sure, yeah, there's no audience score as of this time because no audience members have seen it unless they possibly saw it. On uh, a
1: screener, but usually yeah. those are even a type of critic.
0: Yeah, so this is very interesting on that. And I know that I've read a couple of reviews, I think one of the IGN ones, where it's they're saying essentially that it's a really great movie, until kind of towards the end when they get into the cosmic stuff mm. and then it starts starts to get a little too big for its britches gotcha and the fact that it's still a very long movie i think is kind of one of those things i mean you're dealing with 10 characters mm-hmm. and i know they're only you know surrounding you know focusing on a couple of them to kind of keep that story small but it, it's still about all of the eternals and
1: it's not so much that it's 10 characters they're 10 unknown characters it's not yeah. like when we got avengers like we already had seen almost every single one of the Avengers in their own movie, or at least previously together with somebody else, like Thor, we saw Hawkeye, that Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So we were familiar with these characters, and, you know, they're, I learned a new word, foibles, I think that's (laughs) correct. Foibles? Foibles, I think I'm using it correctly. Anyways, if I'm not, don't tell me. (laughs) But yeah, we don't know anything about these characters.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm just looking at all of these, and a lot of it seems that uh, the scale and the scope shouldn't make it dull but and i've heard also that because the the director is known for uh for her like kind of like sweeping landscapes mm-hmm. and all that stuff and a lot of people are kind of like all right we kind of get the point but, I mean, I guess if you want to have, like, a fast-forward superhero movie, maybe it's just not all action and flash like people are expecting mm-hmm. in, a, in a superhero movie. I'm very excited to go see this movie. I'm going to see it this weekend. Uh, I'm not going to let the reviews dissuade me because, oh, yeah. I mean, it's still a Marvel movie. There will still be some connections. I want to see how they're going to deal with the Celestials and, and all well, of it.
1: And when a lot of the people went to go see, like the re- like, critics or reviewers or whatever went a few weeks back – Something big got spoiled. If you haven't heard,
0: yes, oh yeah, don't yeah. look
1: for it. Mm-hmm. Because nope. it's yeah, mm. it's,
0: it's out there. Somebody uh, put out the review basically in a tweet, put the spoiler, and it's a credit scene that and you the know, scene. has nothing really having to do with the movie, but it kind of ruins that because a lot of people wait for those to see what's gonna happen. It's usually the yeah <gasps>
1: <gasps> moment, especially like especially with Marvel, like that's how we got you know. To see, like, where we were going to go next in the series. And I don't want to say it ruined it, but that's a bummer.
0: It is. It's a bummer. And, uh, again, it doesn't affect the story of the Eternals Mm -hmm. and in this movie. But at the same point in time, it's got far-reaching far um, effects uh, going forward with uh, Phase 4.
1: Uh, I won't be in town this weekend. I'm hoping wherever I am, I can go see it.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh,
1: But... There is a movie I could see if I had Apple TV Oh, the
0: Apple TV Plus, yes. Uh,
1: There is a movie coming out called Finch, and it's the Tom Hanks robot movie.
0: Yeah, I think we might have talked about this a little while back when the the trailer first came out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's post-apocalyptic. It's a man, a robot, and his dog. (laughs) It's their family.
1: Um, But it's getting 76% as of right now.
0: And I think that really kind of helps the fact that, A, it's Tom Hanks, Mm -hmm. and you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. Yep. Like with the Eternals also, it's the simple fact of uh, some people aren't down really for going to the theaters still yet. And uh, this is going to be in the theaters. Fortunately, I- I'm I'm fine with that because you can get the reserve seats and you're looking mm-hmm. on that end. Uh, I do want to see this one as well. I don't have Apple TV Plus myself, you can
1: but... do a uh, trial.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're right. I haven't used a trial yet.
1: <laughs> uh, another movie that is coming out this weekend if you're wanting to do something more comedy with uh, car- people who have played superheroes... Oh, okay. Uh, Red Notice, starring The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Interesting. So we got Wonder Woman, Deadpool, and Black Adam oh, forgot, coming yeah. together.
0: <laughs> I forgot because yeah, Fandom uh, showed him uh, showed us some of the new uh, mm-hmm. actual like uh Dwayne The Rock Johnson as uh Black Adam some actual stills and some uh, video of that
1: uh this is the movie is in the world of international crime an Interpol agent attempts to hunt down and capture the world's most wanted art thief which i believe is Gal Gadot's character oh that's cool uh that is only getting 42% oh, i'm not oh. surprised hmm. it's it's kind of like the whole uh you know my the hitman's wife's bodyguard like those types of movies that's yeah. what it reminds me of it's supposed to be action packed and silly It's not supposed to be great. Mm -hmm. It's just supposed to be fun.
0: It's a popcorn movie.
1: Yeah, that's exactly exactly it. Yeah. Uh, Another one that's coming out, I hadn't heard of this. It's called The Beta Test. And the only reason I bring it up, one, because it's a mystery and thriller, but also comedy, I guess. Okay. It's got 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Really? The Beta Test?
1: And it's a married Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter from an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying, murder, and infidelity. So I, it's it's probably more drama, but because it's who's doing it, what's going on, it's that's where you get more of that mystery kind of situation. But yeah, like I said, it's getting really high reviewed. There's actors like, I might recognize you, but they're not really huge mainstream actors. So right? yeah, if you kind of like seeing movies where you may have an up and comer or somebody that, because that's a problem sometimes when you watch movies with big named actors you kind of just assume that's who they're going to be like I think it's the problem with that happened with a lot of the actors from friends you just you know Matt (laughs) Matt LeBlanc you just kind of assume he's Joey and everything for everything and so when you have these actors you're like I don't really know you I don't have any you know any thoughts on who you're supposed to be no
0: preconceived notions when it comes down to it yeah
1: And one other one to point out is called Lanterns Lane. No reviews as of now, but it Uh is a horror comedy.
0: Oh, okay. So if you're uh, still in the spooky vibes.
1: Right. It's a recent college graduate and her estranged high school friends return to Lanterns Lane, the location of a creepy urban legend, and must fight to survive the night.
0: Oh, sounds like something along the lines of I Know What You Did Last Summer or Jeepers (laughs) Creepers or something along those lines.
1: Again, a fairly unknown cast. A lot of people are are refusing to get into the Christmas spirit yet because it's still, (laughs) we haven't had Thanksgiving yet, which I don't blame them. So this is a good way to kind of stay in the spookiness. There you go. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.